This episode is brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Find the entertainment you love with Contour TV and Contour Stream Player. Learn more at coxcox.com slash contour. This episode is brought to you by Simple Mobile. Tired of being tied down with a wireless contract? Switch to Simple Mobile and stay connected on a powerful nationwide 5G network. Unlimited talk, text, and data starts at $30 a month with no contracts, activation fees, or credit checks. Visit simplemobile.com today. Out with the old, in with the simple. Compatible 5G-capable device and SIM require. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. One month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at simplemobile.com. Good afternoon, honey hole hangers. Oh, we changed oh. it. because we're doing it actually in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. What's up, guys? Not much, man. What's going on? Uh, so, uh, welcome to Honey Hole Hangout, where we talk about hunting, fly fishing, the great outdoors, things we like to do. Um, we hang out, drink beer, whiskey. And talk about the things we love. Yeah, it's a great summary. I'm Landon. We also have Zach and Cliff yep. with us. And Ian is on the phone. So we are recording up, with, We are recording with the OG crew today. And it is a cool hundred and one degrees here in San Antonio. Hundred and one. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's hot. my right. dad sent me a text message because I'm going to Montana next week. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's in the sixties right now. They no. had snow last week. Or Helena is supposed to be a hundred and one on Tuesday when really? we are, oh. when we are. So you're bringing it with you. Yeah. Oh, that's the because worst. I I was listening to a podcast, another podcast the other day. And they were interviewing a guy from Montana, and he they were said, "Oh, it's a hundred degrees here," and they're up in North Texas. And uh, they asked the guy who was in Montana, "What's the temperature?" He said, "It's sixty-five and sunny." <laughs> Seems kind of nice. He said, "Like three weeks ago, they had snow on the ground or something." Yeah, it's supposed to. They say like expect one day of snow while we're out there. So it's like we have to pack for summer and winter, which is really- what which is what the guide you're going with said. Yeah, today. what was yeah. his name? Uh, Mike Geary. Yeah. That's a good podcast if you guys want to go back and listen. Um, so first thing first, uh, Ian, we have an, Ian has an announcement. So Ian, I'll let you take over from here. Aw. What's up, everyone? Um, I will be moving toward more of a writing and contributing article role. moving forward so i will probably still occasionally be on the podcast but i will no longer be a regular i don't even know what i am now guest host you're a host yeah um host am i a host oh man i didn't even know yeah but just for everyone i will probably take more of a backseat role um but look out for articles because that's about to get ramped up. So get yeah, and, and send me article ideas. I don't know. Or send them to Ian writes. Re- Ian writes really good articles. Right. Um. And I don't have all of his old ones posted to the website yet, but I will get them all moved over. But we have two currently up there right now, and they're they're really good. Ian has a great writing style. Um. And so. We're really happy that he's going to be writing more articles. 
because um, I know a, a lot of people really enjoy reading. And they're short, sweet, and to the point, too, which I think most people like. Yep. It's hard to, like, sit down Dude, and read, I got, like, a newspaper Dude, I got published article. on my mom's fridge. Nice. My mom put an article on the fridge. I'm which one? 32. Which one did you put in your fridge? Shout out, mom. From ha- Honey Hole? I don't know. It was a while back. Yeah. <laughs> you look at you. Nice, man. You're saying... Yeah, my mug shot is up there too. No, Wait. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Dude, the dream is to be on my mom's fridge still. I think I explained to my stepdad why my uh, stuff's on the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to miss Ian being on the podcast, but we're also really excited that he's going to be writing more articles for us. For sure. And for the opportunities that that's going to present. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you guys hear a little bit less of Ian moving forward, that's why. Yep. So we just want to let everyone know uh, Ian's still part of our group, just changing things up a little Different bit. Different role. Yeah, for sure. So uh, with that being said, uh, you guys, we have a lot of things, very interesting things in the works right now that are going to be happening soon. Yep. Um, as you guys know, if you listen to a previous episode, we might be recording or releasing every other week during the summer because we have a lot of trips going on mm-hmm. or every week if we're able to make it happen. So if if Tuesday morning you wake up and your favorite podcast isn't in your queue, just know we skipped that week. We will be back next uh, week, the it's, following week. Yeah, it's at least every other week. And this is only for a short period of time. Come August, we should be back to a weekly schedule for sure by then, if not sooner. Yeah, and so uh, just to give you guys a heads up, we also have some really great products on our website. If y'all like our podcast and want to support us, we have hats. We have some books written by local authors. Yep. Um, uh, signed our, by those authors. That are signed. Uh, all of our products are uh, sourced locally, except for the hat that you're wearing right now, Zach. It comes from Wyoming. Yep. Um, but our hats are made by local people here, so we appreciate if you support us, and in turn, that supports them. Um, and we'll just keep you guys updated with some really cool things that are in the pipeline right sure, now that sure. will be coming soon. So also, we should have more stickers, new stickers yes, coming up soon. I might post that today that to Instagram, yeah. that sticker, because it is sweet. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I love that sticker. I think it's a, a good concept. It might be my favorite so far. Yeah, it looks good. I have some other ideas to work off of that same Let's idea. Give it to me, man. We can do so, it. All right. Let's get right into our whiskey review. Yep. So I was in Waco. This past week, and a buddy of mine and I met up, and we went to Balcones Distilling. Um, Fun fact, they are... Okay, Uh, my friend had said that Balcones was the oldest distiller in Texas. I think it's true. So I was like, there's no way, because they started in like 2010. I was like, there's no way in 20... Since Prohibition, there's not been a distiller in Texas. So I grabbed an employee and was like, all right. So I've heard that you guys are the oldest distiller in Texas. And they're like, we are in a way. And so the story is that when Texas started to allow in-state distilling, there was a big rush to be the first distiller in Texas. Uh The uh, TX brand whiskey Uh was technically the first, but they were having their whiskey distilled out of state and, and then bring it cheating. in. I know. Yeah, yeah. So Balcones is the first made in Texas whiskey distiller. Gotcha. And you know what? I bet you anything then, Garrison Brothers gets around that by saying they're the first 
bourbon distillery because correct garrison brothers does claim that they also mentioned that in our conversation okay because they're the first bourbon distillery but balconies is the first whiskey Whiskey distilling yeah and uh they put on their bottle we have one right here the original texas whiskey and a certified texas whiskey on the back which means it's actually distilled here yep and uh their place in waco is really cool we went and the whiskey that we are drinking tonight is their texas bach collaboration with shiner Mm -hmm. it's a straight malt whiskey it's pretty hard to find like it goes off the shelves pretty fast yeah uh 50% alcohol volume and the idea behind this is that I'll just read what they put on the back. While the history of Texas whiskey is just being written, the legacy of Texas beer has deep roots. For our Texas box straight malt whiskey, we partnered up with uh, the most iconic Texas brewery, made from the exact Shiner Bach mash bill and fermented with their proprietary lager last year strain. We bring you a straight malt whiskey that tips its hat to the brewers that paved the way for beer and whiskey in this great Lone Star State. I will say. So it is the exact shiner. Yeah. Go ahead, Cliff. I will say, and it might probably be a cut against my Texas, honorary Texas card. I like this. You never had that card. That's true. We never handed out. We never handed out that card. Other people have. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that matters. (laughs) Says the boots and shorts combo over there. Okay, Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is Texas. (laughs) Um, I like this better than the actual Shiner bot. See, Shiner's a good one. However... This is very good. Yes. I agree. The thing with Shiner Bach is that it typically sits heavy (laughs) Mm -hmm. on me. And so, like, it's not a beer that I'd typically grab when it's warm. No. No, it's a winter beer for sure. Exactly. Oh, no. See, I can drink it anytime. I could not drink drink a Shiner right now. It's it's that beer that, like, I know if I grab a six-pack of it, most people, whenever I go, are going to be happy with it. Right. You know what I mean, like, most people can drink a Shiner. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that it's a bad beer, but to me, like, if I'm ranking it, it's definitely a cool fall bonfire-type beer. Oh, yeah. Like, if we if we did a float trip right now, I probably would not grab a 12-pack Shiner. Shiner. No. You know what I mean? Right. But this, I could definitely see summer evenings, still warm outside, a little bit of ice and a perfect yeah i I really like this this if but for those you guys if you get a chance to try this this is awesome it is a little like hot like you taste the alcohol a little in the front yep but then it gets it mellows out and it almost has like a like a twizzler flavor like a like a a cherry candy i just taste freedom i would say now granted between like texas beers and stuff i am a lone star guy but this i could get behind 110 percent as a daily drinker in the evening. Yeah, this is very, it's, it's really sweet. It's very good. Though. Yeah. Like, and they said that uh, they've only been doing it for a couple of years. I think they were telling us there that last year's, you know, wasn't um, the best round that uh-huh. came out. So they're, they've tinkered with it a lot. Right. And this year people are enjoying it a lot more. This round that came out okay. this year. Yeah. Man, I'm going to have to find me a bottle of that. Yeah, I just bought I, I it. I think I the, am, too. That's yeah. really I don't good. know where you guys can find it. I, I mean, I was at the distillery, so yeah, I so just bought it there. It was like 45 bucks. Yeah, you can find it. At like It's like 
they get it every couple of weeks, but they only get like two, and it flies off the shelf pretty much if you're not the first couple there. Yeah. So that's really good. You guys should uh, give it a try. Yeah. Support some Texas whiskey. Falcone's Bach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I give it, if we're still doing the honey hole, like <laughs> honey pots, this is five. Five honey pots. It is. Yeah, it's probably up there for me, too. Four and a half to five. I would buy this every single time that I could find it, and I would actually drink it as much as I could. That's, I'm with you. Every time I find this bar, I'd buy it. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I like it. I and I, this is one of the score. ones, I tried a flight of three whiskeys. This is the one I enjoyed the most. What other two did you try? Don't remember. Okay. They were specialty ones. We tried the one, was it two weeks ago? I had a bottle of Balconies, too. I forget which one we tried, though. Yeah. We've done other Balconies here. Yeah. They're good. It's good stuff. Yeah. I always just, you know, I'm always like, oh, I'm such a fan of bourbon. It's not a true bourbon, but I'll buy it. I'm a, fa- I'm a fan of whiskey in general. <laughs> whiskey. Yeah. Whiskey. So, Cliff, you said you had a story you wanted to tell us. Yeah, tell us your story. Did I? I don't know. Yeah, you said, I have a story I want to tell you on the podcast. I don't think I did. Oh. Well, if not... Was then, it Ian that said that? I didn't say it. Zach didn't say it. No. I didn't say it. That's okay. We can just talk about what we did. If, if I had a story, I honestly <laughs> don't know. <laughs> All right. I said I have a good article oh, for the podcast. That's what it was. No, I think he had a story. Okay. Well, did anybody go fishing? No, we tried to last week, but that all went to... That's true. Yeah, what happened? Landon, yeah. would you like to share your story? Would I like to share my story of how I <laughs> Ruined didn't fishing wake up? For it? <laughs> how I didn't wake up? Although I, I, I did hear you didn't... You, I was too. I was like, I need to go fishing so bad. I am pumped. Went to bed early. And then I woke up and it was like 8 o'clock. And I was like, oh. Yeah, as some, what as some context, Landon, Cliff, and I... We're supposed to go fish last Sunday morning. Yeah. And we all needed it real bad. Yeah, it had been a couple of weeks for, I think, for all of us since we yeah. last fished. Yeah. Things have been stressful. So I was like, I need this. I was like pumped, got all my stuff packed, everything. Yep. Then I woke up at 8 o'clock and I was like. And we were supposed to meet at Landon's house at 6. 6. 6.30. 6.30. 6.30. 6, 6.30. Sometime Wait, what time was it? I thought it was 6. I got there at 6 and nobody was up. No, well, maybe it was probably six. 6. It was. <laughs> what? It uh, is. Anyway. I woke up at 8, and I was like, oh, crap, what happened? Like, and I don't remember, like, an alarm going off or anything like that. And so I go and uh, look, and my phone's dead. Ugh, crap. So then I turn my phone on, then I have, like, two missed calls from Cliff and then, like, some group messages. But it turns out Cliff never even made it to my house, right? Because you tried to call me, and it went straight to voicemail. Right, but I had been texting Zach yeah. about it. Yeah. Okay. And so I wasn't going to waste the gas to just go over there my, and be like, oh, we're not going. Yeah, because I got my there My thing a is, why didn't y'all just go fishing? Why was it reliant upon me? Well, or Cliff, why didn't y'all ring my doorbell? Because Cliff was still in bed, and I was sitting in front of your house at 6, and I was like, well, I'm going to get breakfast and go home then. Plus, plus, also, it was easy for me to be like, Kendall was leaving in a couple hours to go to Mexico anyways, and so I was like, oh, I'll go spend the morning with her. So I had, I was looking for He her had home. already said that he was going to go back home by yeah. the time I decided I wasn't going to Yeah, when Cliff talked, over. he was like, I'm still in bed. He's like, but I see the is not up, and your phone was dead, and we were like, well, he's probably not going to wake up, and Cliff was like, and I was like, I'm probably just going to go home. Y'all could have rang the doorbell. I'm serious. Well, I, it kind of worked out because... When I was packing all my stuff, because I actually packed the night before, I was super excited, had everything ready, but for some reason, I couldn't find my wet socks or anything like that, uh-huh. 
So I didn't have wet socks, so I was either going to go fish the San Antonio River in just Chacos. Yeah, no. Which seems extremely gross to me. Yeah. Or... My intention to fish San Antonio was never to wade. Like, you fish the bank. You don't get in the water. We've got in the water a couple times, and I feel like my skin itched for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it, or deal with it and wear waders folded down. Oh, gosh. And yeah, that, that, would be hot. that was going to be like, I was going to bring both my stuff, like sets of stuff for it, and uh, just deal with either one once I got to the river. Like, I was going to make a decision at the river and stick with it at that point. I might go get some, like, neat, like some thigh high, not thigh high, some, <laughs> some like rubber calf boots. Calf high rubber boots for that kind of situation. Yeah. Dude, I got some that would rock your world. I got some <laughs> recommendations. Um, but I used that day instead to go to Orvis and buy some new wet wading socks that I'm ex- super excited about to oh, try out. Did you get those little NRS ones? Yes, I did. I have yeah, those. I great. love them. They're yeah. fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I ended up going fishing that day though anyways. Mm. So I, I, got, I, I spent the, the day with Cynthia. We did a, a little bit of stuff and... Uh, Got the the new wet wet wading socks, and I've put them in my gear rotation and stuff. Nice. It's it's pretty nice. Yeah, still kind of. It's always exciting to get new gear. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, I ended up going fishing up to the Guad. The flows were super high, high. though. Yeah, it was yeah. honestly it was tough to wait because it wasn't just like it was probably up to my like chest, maybe not that high, but like up to like mid stomach. But the it was like moving, like it was hard to push through. So I didn't make Did you catch some fish? I did. Yeah, so it was worth it. I caught a couple bass, a couple uh, panfish. Nice. So, yeah, it was definitely good. Got to try out some new flies and stuff. Nothing, not, no big, no big bass. Right yeah, now. that was another thing is that I was going to end up being a fly bomb. I know I was. I have plenty of flies, and Lynn has plenty of flies. Yeah. I looked through my box. I had a few things, but it was all like streamers and uh, some top water stuff. So I was like, I don't know what I'm actually going to throw if we go. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I got plenty of flies. So uh, quick drone permit update. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought it was like a, not going to happen because I haven't been able to get in touch with the guy. Right. And he never sent me the information. Um, and he called me on Thursday. So right after I got done talking to you? Yeah, basically right after we had talked. And then um, he's like, okay, I'm just going to rush it through. We'll get stuff taken care of for you. Um, and so, but there was like a lot of back and forth paperwork, which was hard to manage while I was in this class. And like, I have to pr- actually print something off, sign it, scan it, send then it send it back. But I've got it all caught up. On Friday, I sent him the last document. The only thing that he needs to do is sign it. And send it back to me, and then I'm legal. And you, you bring that with you. I bring that okay. with me, and I can film and fly a drone. In the areas that you're going to. Correct. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I also have to pay, but um, he's like, given the situation, I know you. I've been working with you for like a couple weeks. Like and he knows it, you're not just going to drop it. Yeah. He's like, you can just send me the payment later. It's not a problem. Now, okay, remind me, was this because of the river you're going to be on or the section? Because, like, if I were to get a drone before Kendall and I go to Yellowstone, do I need to go through the same process? Yes. Okay. Now, why? Like, whose regulation is it? Uh, it is going to be uh, Montana Parks and Wildlife regulation. 
any public land that they manage in Montana. In Montana, which Yellowstone would be public land. But it's te- but Yellowstone's more in as a national park. Right. So it actually well they might have their own regulations. They the they park. might since it's a national park, it might be under different regulations. Right. Probably harder to get as I'd well. I imagine so, yeah, not gonna because Because Montana's gonna be like um so if you're planning on getting a drone, why don't you just borrow it from Landon? I don't want to break can, that. If you can drive it. I want to buy a cheap one. That way if I break it, it's on me. I'm about to get insurance before the trip, too. That's something I need to do before I leave. For, for the drone? Yeah. I don't blame you. It's l- need liability insurance and whole insurance. Because yeah, in case you hit it like a plane? Uh, <laughs> yeah, in case I hit a plane. <laughs> no, but I think the big thing with the liability insurance is like people are using them for like fraudulent activity as far as like spying on other people gotcha. and like invading privacy. That's just creepy. Yeah, it, it, is is. creepy. it is creepy. So like invading privacy and stuff like that. And so that's what the liability insurance is. But liability insurance is cheap. So I'll get that and then get whole insurance. So if something happens for sure. Can you get that through your company? Uh, no drones are excluded, but there are companies that offer it. Yeah. But our demographic yeah, if you think about the name, Ranger. I think ranchers would use drones. I sure. would like surveying and like as an a as a millennial aged. If I was getting into ranching or something, right. I tell you guys later. But there's been some issues. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, as long as I get that signed paperback, which I'm expecting to get on Monday, um, then which is my travel day. So yeah. he'll be back in the office on Monday. That's my travel day. Uh, I can print it off at the hotel, and I'll be good to go. So I'm planning on taking the drone with Let me. Let me ask so, you this, Landon. How good are you at driving drones? Flying it? I, I'm pretty good at flying that drone. Could you teach someone? Sure. I would like to learn. I obviously can't do it, but I would like to learn for a variety of different reasons. If we go to a very open space where you can't crash it, <laughs> yes, I will teach you right. how to fly a drone. It's right, so McAllister Park. <laughs> yeah, 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 McAllister Park would be great. But the cool thing about my drone is it's autonomous flying, so I can send it up, and then right, it like will, it takes care of a lot of the things itself. Yeah, I don't have you don't have to fly it. I just have to be cognizant of how much battery life there is. But it has remote, so you can fly it if you wanted to. I, w- I can fly it if I want to. Okay, but I can have it follow me on a boat and set the camera angle up that I want, uh-huh. and then I don't have to control it for about twenty minutes, uh-huh. and then we can get people. It can get video of both people fishing nice. on the boat without. Now, does it track you because it, it notices you, or do you have to wear, like, a little fob or something? It tracks you because it notices a human shape. And you can say, like, okay, this is the human I want you to keep Correct. Track. You can also, there's also an th- uh, accessory I have called a beacon, okay. which is, uh, it's not a controller. It's about this big and this wide, fits in your pocket. It's got a GPS inside of it. I can actually fly the drone with the beacon, but it's more of a point type situation. Uh-huh. So I can, like, drag my beacon over here. That will and move like, the drone. So if you want like a there. sweeping shot, you can just be like... Zzz. Yeah. So I can move it over here. I can actually... The controls, you can actually fly it and control it manually, but it's not the best. The beacon is not made for that purpose. Right. It's an option in case you need to land it or something like this that. This is way more technology than I want to but get But <laughs> the deal with the beacon is that it follows and tracks the beacon because it's got GPS in it. Yeah. So what a lot of people do if they're mountain biking and stuff like that, if the drone loses you, it will go high... And then it will work its way back to the beacon, okay. and then will drop down, drop down, and That's continue filming. Nice, interesting. Okay, so I want to know a little preview of your your trip. So what what are you planning on doing when you're in there? 
Okay. So uh, Smith River, okay. which we talked about with Mike Geary. So if you guys want more details on the trip, a couple episodes ago, we had him on the podcast. He runs Lewis and Clark Expeditions. The first thing I'm doing is I actually bought a Lewis and Clark uh, book of their journals. Interesting. Because I wanted to like read on the airport and read on the trip because they actually were on the Smith River a little bit. The Mm -hmm. Smith River flows into the Missouri. Obviously, they went down the Missouri and they went up the Smith River a little bit. So I'm just like, I'm going to read through their journal entries. When I ordered the book, it was like the highest reviewed one. I didn't think it was literally going to be their journal entries. I thought it was going to be like someone writing about the history of their travels, including their journal entries. But it's literally like their journal entries. No. Yeah, but that's probably way more interesting to read. Yeah. Like a first-hand encounter. What year What year did they do this? Oh, was Today, pretty- Lewis farted around the campfire, and it smelled terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how it's going to yeah. be. Uh, what was her name? Sacagawea. Smelling pretty ripe today. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I don't know okay. the exact date. I should know. Today, I was splashed by the canoe paddle, and I'm starting to think he did it on purpose. <laughs> well, it was right after the Louisiana Purchase, so 18-something? I'll say, I think I think it was 1800s, but I could be wrong. Aren't you a history ch- No, you're a science teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll fill you guys in after I read it. So yes, I was go. trying to find books, history on the Smith River specifically, but there's really not... Uh-huh. anything out there for that. Um, but the way the, the trip is uh, five days, four nights. It, uh, it's about 60-mile float, so you cover a chunk of that each day. And then you camp along the river each night. Um, it would be like the equivalent of like the Devils where you... Yeah, you kind of pull off the edge yeah. and find a little sample. Well, I think uh, they have like designated campsites. Right, that um, makes sense. But that way it's not like, oh, are we going to make it? Yeah, and so uh, you camp each night and fish down each day. Cool. Um, it starts off as like uh, you're in more plains area. Okay. And then the further you go down, about halfway through the trip, it drops into this like huge canyon. Nice. So uh, it's going to be a really cool trip, especially like floating through a canyon. And then also there's like Indian cave paintings that you can check out along the way. And all kinds of other cool stuff. So I'm planning on like trying to film all of that. I'm gonna try to like maybe film each day. Yeah. Um, on the river, and the experience, and uh, maybe try to interview some people that are like in our group. For sure. I got an going extra down. GoPro if you need. A- I I got plenty of GoPros. I need I'm like giving you an option. Excuse I, me well, for it, trying to help. Actually, out. if you want to help, do you have a solar charger? No. Then you're no help. <laughs> <laughs> I had one in the past and it honestly didn't work. Mm. So I do returned you, it. Do you have a power bank? I do have a power bank. Like a legit power bank? Yes. I might could use that actually. I can let you borrow it. It's so, waterproof too. Okay. I let know, you borrow mine, but I'm, I need mine on Saturday of next week. How, uh, well, we'll talk about it later. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm excited for the trip. For sure. I mean, that um, sounds like it's going to be a great, because plus it's you and your dad, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's going to be a good trip. Are the other brothers going? Nope. Just you and your dad? Yep. That'll be a good Seems trip. Seems like a fun trip. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Carson. You weren't able to make it. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> um, Very and cool. so, 
uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. This is gonna be a great trip. It's gonna be like no cell service off the grid. You know, I'm gonna film, fish, uh, just have a good time. And uh, with this being said, you remember how maybe our last episode we were either one or two episodes ago we were talking about packing, like what to bring and everything like that. I like to share um, a helpful tool that I have found uh-huh. uh, for packing. Packing cubes. It's called Packing List. It's a <laughs> it's an app on uh, Apple and Android, uh-huh. and you can make lists and then divide them into categories, and then you can share those lists with other people. Oh, nice! And so you can have like make full lists, and then what I can do is I'll actually do this right now. I uh, saw that you shared that with the group, but to me. What's the difference in that and using the reminders app to create a list? It doesn't seem. I write all my lists down, but you're th- but I guess the thing is there, you can save them all in one place, and you have like, I know I'm going for a three-day fishing trip. I know I'm going on like a five-day camping trip. Yeah, and you can like, I think it's, because I've used the reminders app before too. This is like a little bit more detailed specific to the use of like, I'm packing for a trip. Is it a free app? It was a free app. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I might download it. Yeah. And then you can text, like, I just texted the group of, like, this is my whole packing list. That way I don't forget anything. And then you can, like, copy and paste them over the other lifts and stuff like that. So, and then there's also, you can make to do, there's a packing list, but you can also, like, pick tasks that you need to do before a specific trip. Mm-hmm. So if you need to, like, you know, do something before dude, you leave home. I like how on this it says, dude wipes face and body, dude wipes butt. <laughs> <laughs> I took that from your playbook, Cliff. You got to break them down. Yeah. Gotta get those Two different down. categories, buddy. It's true. Yeah, but a dude wipe is a dude wipe is a dude wipe. No, no, because they have the butt wipes, and then they have, like, the actual, like, you can wash yourself off. I've never gotten that detailed into it. I just use the same one for everything. Mm. Not the same one. So you're saying that you're... you're not the same not one. Not the same wipe. But, still, I'm, but you think your face skin is the same as your butt skin? Good enough. <laughs> oh. I'm a butt face. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, it's too hot to be doing this. <laughs> Way too much. <laughs> Oh, All right, man. keep on. <laughs> keep on. Uh, you guys have anything coming up, or what y'all been working on? You going anywhere? I have Gregory Williams' birthday party today. Ooh. Shout out, Greg. He's been on the podcast twice. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to... Caveman. After, Caveman. After this, I'm going to run over there and help celebrate his birthday. Um, send him a shout out if by chance y'all follow him. He has like 12 Instagrams. Um. Do a little bit of clay shooting and okay. uh, some barbecue and whatnot. Have a good time. Very nice. Um, then come home and relax. That's pretty much it. Until Jan- July, uh-huh. I don't really have anything. I'm trying to save a lot right yeah. now for various reasons. Um, so I'm not going to do too much of anything. And so July, I'm actually going to be gone the 8th through the 17th, okay. I believe, um, to Florida for first two days I'm going to be with my dad, and then the last week I'm going to be with my mom. Nice. Down in Florida, and I'm looking forward to it Yeah, with my nieces and whatnot. So you got approved for those two days? No, I haven't yet, but I'm just going to say I am. Okay. Yeah, you never know. Uh, let's see. I'm going on a trip with my dad. I'm leaving next 
Saturday. We're going to camp and fish the Smokies for a few days. Then we're going up to Philly for a car show. Have you uh, fishing the Smokies uh-huh. as much as you do? Have you ever gone down to Helen? Uh-uh. You should try that. Helen. Like if you had Helen, Georgia. So okay. it's just below. You're probably about an hour uh-huh. outside of it. What is it? Athens is pretty high up there too? No, Athens is far east okay. of Atlanta. Okay. Um, but you just drop down into Georgia from Tennessee. Right. And, and you're, you're right going to be in Helen. Uh-huh. And it's a little German-esque village uh-huh. town. Um, and you can fish the Chattahoochee through there. Oh, cool. And it's a clean part of the Chattahoochee. Yeah. No, uh, and you can fish right in downtown as well. Yeah, well, that'd be a, like a really neat place to go. My dad likes all those little towns and stuff. I would say it's probably just maybe an hour, maybe really, as south of Gatlinburg. Oh, that, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So not far at all. Yeah, yeah. We do a lot of driving whenever we're down there. But yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I Smokies are my jam. Like that's where I fell in love with fly fishing, and that's I feel like I make like an annual trip there just to fly fish and. Camp in the Smokies and do all I got the some stuff. other areas there too that yeah. you'd probably be if you want brookies and stuff yeah. that you could tr- check out. I love the brookies, but it's going to be farther south. And I got a good restaurant if you like southern food. Ooh, yeah, I'm I'll, t- I'll tee you up on that. Ooh, for sure. But yeah, then we're going to Philly uh, just to hang out, do a car show, going to see the Liberty Bell. Speaking of a car show, uh-huh. side fact and rabbit trail, but. Uh, in this last week, I learned about. Do you know about the Corvette uh, Museum that yeah. a sinkhole happened underneath? Yeah, I've been there like twenty times. Yeah, yeah, I've I learned about that this week. Yeah, watch the video. It happened in like twenty fourteen. Yeah, and like a bunch of like one of a kind Corvettes. One of a kind Corvettes fell like into fell sinkhole. into a sinkhole. Yeah, I've been there since when they had like all the construction happening, and they actually just had like caution tape around it. And we're like, this is to remind us, you know, of the tragedy. Have y'all ever heard about that? town i believe it's either in west virginia or pennsylvania that's been on fire for like 30 years huh yeah, that's yeah. interesting it's like it's the rubber fire or it's the it's coal burning underneath the ground that's right okay yeah it's a bit like you see the cracks in the mm-hmm. ground underneath the asphalt that's literally like flames all the time mm-hmm. yeah but i'm also going to a mets and a yankees game too so i'm excited for that who are you rooting for that's the yankees so i'll i'll wear the home team stuff because it's kind of like my knockoff the stadiums uh, I'll root for the Mets because they're playing the Phillies. And then when I'm at the Yankees game, like I said, I'll wear Yankee stuff and I'll root for them. But they're playing the A's and – or not the A's. The, they're playing the Angels right now. And it's hard not to root for, like, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. No, and, I think that's easy. No, man. like I think that's easy. They're, they're just – they're good guys, good team. The thing is that the Yanks just aren't anything this year. Oh, yeah. No, they're awful. That's why it would be not awful, but they're just kind of they're very much in the middle. You my know? my buddy is at the uh, Nats game right now, and I'm kind of jealous. Oh, they're playing the Giants. Yeah, yeah. They, they oh, well, they just lost the, the Giants. Just lost to them. They beat them yesterday, though. Speaking of another sport, did you guys watch the fight or highlights of the fight? Jake Paul. Yeah, I watched highlights. I, I yeah. saw a bunch of memes afterwards, and it you, it was a. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, he's like, Floyd Mayweather's next YouTube star fight, and it was Floyd Mayweather versus, like, one of the kids who did the unboxing of toys. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. You, we, he could fight, uh, his next YouTube fight could be all of the Honey Hole Angling crew at one at time. At once. For at once. Man, we'd each take one punch to the face and just go down. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get into a ring with Floyd. <laughs> all right, so let but me see. I'm surprised he didn't knock him out. He's so much bigger. That's the problem. 
the size difference was when you saw them, like when they're in the ring, there's like a legitimate size difference between the two. Also, that was a hundred dollar fight, which I don't think for what to the pay per view for. I thought it was only fifty. No, I saw it for going for a hundred. Oh, okay, I mean I didn't buy it. So. I'm and, not buying it. And I do not think that Floyd Mayweather versus someone else could be a hundred dollar fight, but I don't think Floyd Mayweather versus Jake Paul is a hundred dollar fight. I paid 50 to see it. Yeah. All right. Split so uh, no questions for today. Okay. So we can move straight into our articles. Nice. And uh, uh, with the – I would actually like to go first if possible. Okay. We don't have a button for you right now. No. So I am introducing a new segment to our podcast called – Okay. I see it. What's it called? It's called Florida Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only sound I, don't, I don't like that for it. No, no I'll make, we'll, I'll make we'll, one. We'll find, we'll find a Florida man soundbite. Um, not to say that we're never doing the other segments again, just something else we can throw in the rotation. For sure. So um, this one happened yesterday. Okay. It is fresh off the news cycle. Florida man hops on scooter to chase after stolen Lamborghini. <laughs> okay. So basically a 14-year-old kid – Uh-huh. Stole this guy's Lamborghini out of his driveway, and uh, the owner hears the vehicle turn on, uh-huh. and he's like, "Oh crap! Someone is stealing my Lamborghini!" And so he runs outside, and this kid is pulling out of his driveway with the Lamborghini, and then the guy hops like on a scooter, like on the kid scooter. When on he like, left there, <laughs> yeah, like on a kid scooter oh, to like, like a, chase him down the street, like a razor scooter. Yes, hops on a scooter, to chase him like down the moped. street. Oh yeah, like a bird. Um, and so what happened is the kid like made it a few blocks and then like ditched the car. And when they caught him later, he's like, I don't really know how to drive. So I didn't know what to do. Cause the kid's only 14. Yeah. I'm wondering how a 14 year old kid actually stole the Lamborghini. Well, the guy just must've just left his keys key in there. must've been in. It yeah. That's the only been. way I could think of. But this sounds like South Florida, man. <laughs> South Florida. <laughs> yes. um, like I don't know too many people in the panhandle who's yeah. It's like Naples, Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So apparently the guy like caught the kid and then was telling him, you know, well, let's wait for the police. You should turn yourself in. He's like, I don't really know what to do. I'm only a 14 year old kid. He's like, well, we're just going to wait here yeah. until the police arrive. For sure. So the police um, came. Uh, oh, the keys. Uh, he thinks the kid broke into the garage and took the keys from there. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so. A little resourceful, fourteen-year-old. Resourceful to like pick up a razor scooter and chase him down the street. Yeah, yeah, but well, that kid probably left it there. <laughs> yeah, it was probably the kid's ride. Yeah. He, like, he was, he was probably like scooting along. Was like, oh, hey, Lamborghini. Let's see how I can get it. <laughs> Just ditch the scooter. Oh man, one for one, one for one. Hey man, but there are no. Sh- I will say this: there are no shortage of Florida man articles. Yeah, I'm excited for them. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll go next. All right, let's see. Oh, we do have. Wait, wait, wait. Which one are you doing today? Uh, I would constitute it as on patrol. Paw patrol. So apparently, <laughs> the other week we were talking about how there were uh, piranhas that they found in Texas. So I actually found an article, but it's not for Texas. It's for Louisiana. Okay. So the Louisiana Department of Wildlife uh, actually verified that a red piranha, a red-bellied piranha, if I'm being truly specific, Uh uh, was verified 
as being caught in the University Lakes at, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Baton Rouge. Uh, they are known as also red piranhas, and they're native to South America. Um, they believe that uh, this piranha was a pet uh-huh. um, that someone released into the University Lakes. And, yeah, they released it into the University Lakes. It is illegal to own and trade or deal with piranhas even, in the state of Louisiana. Okay, so even if you like, you can't have a permit for it, it's illegal. No, it says... Uh, Oh, crap. I don't see where they said it, but it did say all piranha species are illegal to possess and sell in Louisiana. Okay. So it doesn't say anything for permits or anything. It just says flat out. Yeah. I wonder what the, how much trouble you can be in if you illegally release an invasive species. You know what I mean? Ooh, I feel like that should be heavily. Me too, because you can totally change an ecosystem by doing that. Yeah, I don't think that this piranha is like as bad as like a zebra mussel or something like that. Especially just one, because it's not, right. you know. But, um, and mainly because people think of piranha and they like get scared because of the movie Piranha and the popular culture from it and think that they're just vicious, ravenous animals. Right, they just like suck everything off the bone. But they really just eat, uh, Dying or dead or dying fish yeah. or crustaceans. It's not like a frenzy so, the way movies make it out. Right. So it would really be kind of a benefit to release them in some places. Yeah. Um, and I use that with a voice inflection because it's like iffy. Right. I don't see it as being like necessarily a problem. I don't suggest doing it. Right. But that is something that's happened here in, Lu- or not here in Louisiana, but, but in, in Louisiana. Louisiana and, uh, um, they ask if you have any information or you think someone has released piranhas to give the Louisiana Fish and Wildlife a call. <laughs> you know who did it. But we, we confirmed a couple weeks ago that we have some in we the have, San Marcus Some here. people have. I, I don't thing. know if it's the San Marcus, but some people have released piranhas in lakes yeah. in Texas. Gotcha. And that's what made me think if I want to keep wearing Chacos in the, in the lakes and the rivers. Yeah, but like I said, they're not vicious, ravenous yeah. animals. They go after dead and dying fish. Yeah, it's not like it's going to eat your pinky toe. Right. But if it did, I mean, that's a cool story. Uh, you know what? If I was going to lose my pinky toe, a piranha in the rivers of Texas would be a good way to have it. Yeah, it's a lot cooler of a story than I lost it because I wet waited the San Antonio River. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got a little staff. Uh, let's see. Do you want to like, do a creature watch and let Ian go last? That way he can bring us home? Yeah, that All sounds right. good. All right, guys. So today I am bringing you the story of the Shunka Warakin. You ever heard of it, Landon? I have not. The Shunka Warakin? No, but will you spell it for me? S H U N K A space W A R A K I N. It's also known as the Ringdacus or Ringdacus. Is that a Native American? Uh, no. No, actually, it was a, a group of settlers who ended up naming it. Hmm. So, okay, that being said, the Shunka Warakin is found near uh, Montana, right? It was some settlers were going around when they settled down in the Madison River Valley. So, you might actually run into one of these. Mm-hmm. It's also known as the Ring Docus. Um, but uh, if you guys were to guess when the first sighting occurred, what would you think? 1870. Okay. 
Cliff, what do you think? Seventeen eighty. Seventeen eighty. Okay. It has to be probably right before Montana statehood, Montana, Montana territory times. I would say eighteen seventies or so. Okay. You, you, you you're just landed. gonna copy my uh, guess. I'll say eighteen sixties. Oh, <laughs> you went the wrong way. It was eighteen eighty. Damn. Yeah, in eighteen eighties, like I said, a group of settlers were uh, around there. Uh, Cliff, you were right. Native American indigenous tribes were the ones who actually kind of came up with the name. But what happened is these settlers were there, and they started seeing these weird things at night. And they were picking people's brains, and then they found out that this is what, like, the people in the area kind of called them. Um, so, uh, they're there in the Madison, right? But this Shunka Warakan, it kind of looks like a cross between, like, a wolf and a dog and a hyena. Right. Okay. So it's large, right? They say it's about the size of a wolf, right? So larger than like the biggest dog you can think of. But what's weird is that it has these huge front shoulders. So it's kind of like you would imagine like a werewolf, you know, like if a werewolf was on all four, you would have these huge front shoulders and then kind of tapers down the back legs. And the same thing, the slope of its back drops back down kind of like hyena. So they say that sometimes they can be striped. Right, kind of like uh, what was it the um, the Tasmanian devil, mm-hmm. right, or the Tasmanian tiger? So yep. They kind of have that same pattern, but um, they also share a lot of characteristic characteristics of the chupacabra. Right, they find them, especially when these settlers move in there. They brought a lot of livestock with them, and the chunkawarican would actually eat and drain the blood of these uh, livestock creatures. Um, like they would, but they would say they would come in and do like hundreds at a time. Mm. It wouldn't just do, like, one a night. It would just come in, wipe out a herd, and then just kind of keep going along its way. Um, outside of that, though, in 2005, there was a man who actually claimed that he shot one. And he cut the uh, some samples off and sent to two different research facilities. Now, the first research facility, you can't find any information that this was ever sent to them. But the other one says that they do not know what this animal could be, what it is, but it's definitely not a wolf or anything they had ever seen before. Legitimately. Legitimately. They had never seen it. The muscle tissue did not match any kind of hyena, wolf, fox, anything they had seen. Hmm. So they did. it's unclassified as of right now, but um, that's kind of that's how it is. It's, it so. looks like a crossbreed between almost a hog and a wolf. It does, right? It's or weird. a hog and a coyote. Right. Well, yeah, or like a hyena. Let me see, Cliff. Interesting. Hmm. So. Yeah, it's like a hog with long legs and teeth. Yeah. They're weird. So, yeah. But, yeah. So, there is the Ringdokus or the Shunkaborican. Cool. So. All right. Uh, Ian. Ian. Welcome. This is from Smithsonian Magazine. It was published sometime, I don't know, June 4th, 2021, so like eight days ago. Elephant trunks can suck water at 330 miles an hour. What? <laughs> yep. 330? Uh, if you read the 330 miles an hour, Okay. Uh, this is according to the article, they can suck up like three liters, which is like almost a gallon. It's like 0.8 gallons of water in a second. Uh-huh. And the flow rate is like the somewhere to the equivalent 
this girl named Catherine J. Wu wrote this of 24 shower heads. <laughs> 24 shower heads. Uh, further research revealed this is this is 30 times faster than human sneeze. I was going to ask as well you how faster fast... than most high speed trains. Yeah, I was going to ask you how fast the sneeze was that, to compare it. So okay, 30 times faster than a human sneeze. Yeah, that seems ridiculous. And this guy named Andrew Schultz at Georgia Tech said rambling it's like a muscular multi-tool i know i was watching one eat honeydew um, the other day it was amazing an Dude. elephant no Rex. okay 330 miles an hour like are you joking that like, seems really quick like 550 so do you yeah. think what would happen if an elephant just pointed its trunk at you and just blew as hard as it could that's what i'm wondering dude like how fast can they expel it? So I, I learned an interesting yeah. fact the other day, and it's not a dad joke this time. Uh, <laughs> elephants, when they're born, they don't realize what their trunk is for. Like as baby elephants, they don't understand it. And so like they just run around flipping it around, like doing the helicopter move and stuff. <laughs> it's pretty it, like entertaining to watch like YouTube videos of baby elephants now. Elephant videos are some of the most entertaining videos to watch. Yeah, they are. Oh man, you know, I, I, off topic. Do you guys ever watch the uh, baby monkey can... on a on a pig? No. Oh, dude, that was like middle school. I know it was great. You know, watch baby monkey on a pig. Dude, yeah, if I was an elephant yeah. and I could expel stuff, yeah. I we it doesn't say how fast I can expel water. I would go around spraying the crap out of people. Yeah, it seems pretty fun. How fast oh. can? But but what if you just started decapitating things because it was water. so strong? Something tells me it can't be as fast it as a fire hose. Three hundred miles an hour? No, one hundred and thirty miles an hour. No, he said three hundred and thirty, right? What no, you say? no, 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 three hundred and thirty. Yeah, the article says three hundred and thirty from yeah, Smithsonian that a man. Yeah. How much? Well, what's the uh, PSI coming out of that? Nerdy, but it's all about PSI. It's all PSI, yeah. Right. So, what... uh, I don't. Let's see if it says. I don't think the article really goes into that. Like, okay, that's I'm some, about to Google elephant water PSI. Three hundred miles an hour. I'm telling you, that could that could take off your head. So then they clearly like downplay it when they're just like, Woof! just like showering themselves and playing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're severely. That's like taking a like a, a Dollar washer. Tree water gun compared to a fire hose. Yeah, like a pressure washer. Dude, imagine what that sounds like. Like, yeah, it probably does sound like a fire hose, right? Or like, really. So I'm <laughs> seeing I'm seeing a fire hose. It's shooting at 30 to 80 miles per hour. <laughs> That's what but what, what's the PSI? Because it all, it's about the volume. Yeah, like... Firehose uh, PSI Like CFSs is, in a river, the wider the river, yeah. it's not necessarily right. as fast as if it's a narrow river flowing at a high CFS. Right. For sure. Uh, what's, the right. PSI of, uh, what's the PSI of an uh, elephant? It doesn't... Oh, uh, gotcha. A pressure washer is 1,300 to 1,700 PSI or 243 miles an hour. But I don't think a pressure washer would take off your head. It definitely cuts skin. Yeah. I've shot my toes with pressure washers before. So you could take off a head, but it would take a long time. Yeah. 
You, you're just it's sit like there shooting and, a tree down. And it's like sawing somebody with like a dull blade. Yeah. You get the job done, but at what cost? Well, you have to be really careful with pressure washers. Yeah, you don't ever want to point that at somebody. Just yeah. I've definitely shot my toes with one before. It hurts. Yeah, it does. You, you, get a, you, you know, get well. you, you know, it is. It's like a tiny bunch of little blades. Just dude, you guys want to hear something funny? Like I had, I have a uh, um, a fire hydrant on my on my property, and it's on the very very corner. And I just walk out one time, and it's just like gushing water and somebody had taken it apart and i had to call the city and like dude like to the point to where they're not just draining it like it's gushing water like it's basically turning the side street of my house into a river and i called the city and i'm like do you know what's going on they're like no they're like we'll call you back i'm like do you think it's the fire department and they were like we don't know and i was like what how do you not know this? Like, I called municipalities, and, and they I was were like, gonna we'll ask call you, you back. Alston, always on top of their things. They got it. They got a system up there. Dude, so I called the city, and I it was it was the water people, whoever it was, and I was like, I just want to confirm, and they were like, um, those things are kind of hard to take off, so don't worry about it. Like, because there's a huge, uh, um, it's a giant valve, and I think you have to have a special tool. But they were chill. And they called me back. They were like, thanks for letting us know. And then the lady called me back and she was like, um, yeah, we don't know what happened, but thanks for, uh, thanks for letting me know. I was like, you'll okay. see the, you'll see the water bill on your next billing cycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would dude, there were, dude, there was so much water and I was like, okay, I did my civic duty. I called and reported it. It's you up to y'all now. That's all you can do, man. Thanks, Ian. That was pretty neat. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. <laughs> um. This episode is brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Sometimes it's hard to decide what to watch, but Cox Contour TV helps make that decision easier. Enjoy live TV, on-demand programs, DVR recordings, and music all in one place. And only with the sound of your voice with the Contour Voice Remote. Plus, catch the golf and basketball action you've been waiting for on the Contour Sports app. Learn more at Cox, C-O-X dot com slash contour. This episode is brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Sometimes it's hard to decide what to watch, but Cox Contour TV helps make that decision easier. Enjoy live TV, on-demand programs, DVR recordings, and music all in one place. And only with the sound of your voice with the Contour Voice Remote. Plus, catch the golf and basketball action you've been waiting for on the Contour Sports app. Learn more at Cox, C-O-X dot com slash contour. All right. Next yeah. time you see nothing at the zoo, yell, suck up some water. <laughs> Do it. Do it. I want to see it. This elephant's lame. <laughs> He's only blowing at 200 miles an hour. All right. So our topic tonight is what, Zach? It is hot spotting. And we have definitely already covered this. Right. So we're going to. We pr- are going to cover it again because and it is continually coming an up. issue. But also, we're going to cover it from a different angle as far as like maybe if you don't want a hot spot, like instead of pointing somebody and, you know, just being rude, like how you can help somebody. Because for the most part, people who are asking about spots are relatively new to the industry yeah so so what ends up happening what i see a lot and what people have brought to my attention Mm -hmm. is that you know someone will is new they just bought a fly rod or a fishing pole 
and they are like, I want to go fishing, but I don't know where to start. So right. I'm going to go on this page or blog or whatever it is, or I'm going to message this person because I know that they fish and see if they'll like tell me where to go. And um, uh, the response that I usually see is, you know, a very negative response of you should find these spots yourself and stop asking other people where to go fishing. Right. Because I found my spots on my own, and I don't want to give out my hard work to you for free because now I'm going to find another guy at my fishing spot. Right. And so... Which, okay, speaking of that, though, I know we all do our work and we all find our own spots, but we have to admit, a lot of our spots come from other people. Correct. Right. Like, we all help each other. It's just who you're willing to actually share that information with. Yeah. And... uh yeah, I know we help each other. Right. We also are like, we're also close friends. Right. And I know if I tell you to go fishing somewhere, you're not going to blast us the world and vice versa. Yeah. And so there are people I share spots with, but we have this working relationship of like, we've both done our time. There's like this attitude of like, we both put in our time and right. know what's going on. So I'll share with you. I know that you are a good steward of the resource of the resource. Right. And I don't mind sharing with you because you've shared with me in the past or vice versa, or there's just like this working relationship. Of, and there's also an unspoken rule that I would say that like, if you share your, one of your spots with me, I might go there every now and then, but I also know that I'm not going to like slam it because like at the end of the day, I, in my mind, I still attribute that spot to you. Or you're at least going to let them know that you're going to that spot. Right, but like I never let somebody's spot that they've given me become my new number one spot, if that makes sense. Your you new honey I mean? hole. Right. Like I might go there, like you said, occasionally, you know, mm-hmm. or like Cliff said, you might let them know, but um, I won't go and just like hammer it every single day, Yeah, you know. But I think what's happening is people are posting and then the, the response is like um, way too much on. So what's happening is there's there's two sides like Cliff earlier. There's like new people that don't know anything and they're asking because they want help. Right. And then there's people on the other side that are like, I'm not willing to give anybody help because I had to do it on my own. Right. Therefore, I'm not willing to be helpful. And also, I'm going to criticize you for asking the question. Right. There are two extreme sides, and there's really no, like, good middle ground. middle ground of, like, this is how here, here, we should approach. Go ahead, Cliff. Here's how I see it. I see the validity in both arguments, right. and I agree that there's no true middle ground in it. The validity of the side of saying, I put my work in, and thus I don't want to divulge everything I know— is 100% respectable. I'm right. not saying that you should give everything away. But on the flip side of that is, honestly, take in some consideration. How did you find that spot? Was it on TPWD's website? Was it this? Was it that? It's all public land, and there's no true instance of hot spotting. Because all of it is readily available there for someone to find and go to. They're just cutting out the middleman, which is a laziness on their part. But in saying, I'm not going to tell anyone, you're negating getting people interested into the hobby, which is going to bring more money into the industry and help us all out through conservation efforts. And... 
through not telling anyone there's no there's no true secrets the people who know about it know about it mm-hmm. and if you can guess a spot based off of a single tree or something like that in the background of a picture then you clearly know that spot yeah it's not like taking a picture of a spot that i fished not putting a gps coordinate i would say that that is hot spotting if you put a gps coordinate so this is where you go Mm-hmm. You turn at this rock, you fish this at this depth. That is hot spotting. Yeah. And there is like for us too, because we post fishing videos to YouTube of um, like there's amount of uh, uh, an amount of information we're willing to put out and then an amount like information we're not willing to put out. And basically our thing is, is like if we're filming a tree or something like that and you know where that tree is, you know where that tree is. I, you know, like, Yes, you could bring it to our attention as you're giving the spot away, but the people that don't know where that tree is or that spot is that we're fishing don't know where that spot is. Um, and so uh, I, I had gotten criticized because I made that video of fishing the, uh, South, the, the uh, uh, South Laramie River. Someone had sent a message to me and said, you know... I really don't appreciate you posting this video and putting it to South uh, Laramie River. You know, I'm a local here, and all this is doing is blowing up the spot. Well, in the video, I never mentioned what spot I was at, what public access I was at. I just put fishing. I caught a new species on the South Laramie River. That was the title of the video. But the South Laramie River is, I don't know how long, 50 miles, 70 miles, 100 miles long. I mean, I'm not hot spotting and putting my exact location. And, and if you recognize a spot because you're local, you recognize that spot because you're a local. All my friends in Texas that are watching my videos aren't recognizing what spot I'm fishing at. Right. No, unless you get the one person who that's one of their spots. You yeah. Know? And even if like one of your friends from Texas went up to the South Laramie, they might figure out where you were, but probably not. Right. And yeah. that's where my, like, contention... I think people who cry hotspot all the time are doing it because it gives them a s- sense of self-worth or entitlement. Well, there is, just to, like, defend people who, like, criticize, I understand where people have, like, shared spots with others, and then that spot gets put on blast by the friends they shared with. Right. That's just a crappy friend. That's a crappy friend. So, and then a million people are fishing there because now it's on the internet but or that's it's in not a book a, that's not on or the, something that's like that. That's not on the person who shared it with a friend. That's on the friend who shared it with the world. And it's not the taking of a picture. It's saying that this specific location, this GPS coordinate is where you go. Right. To say... Go fish the Guadalupe below the dam is not hot spotting the Guadalupe behind below the dam. Right. Saying go fishing the so and so I'm going to say cross the river. Right. Yeah. Or go I'm gonna just use a, a blank spot, but go to second crossing right. and fish right there, that would be more of a hot spotting. Mm-hmm. But Unless you know like that exact spot, it's not a hot spot. You still got to put work into it. You still got to figure out exactly where. Right. So unless there's a GPS coordinate, it's nothing. You yeah. still got to figure out the spot. So and I so I think there's this middle ground of um, there's there's 
there's a middle ground of respect respect of like i'm getting into this sport and i need to put in a little work on my own for sure but i also don't know everything and i'm looking to others to learn so but you need to approach the, the others, others as respect and also too like the clear thing that we've all been saying is most of the time it's your friend who you're getting that information from not just posting it randomly or asking randomly, which... That and if you get it from a friend, then honestly respect your friend and say, sure. like, you don't want to burn their spots. There are spots that my friends have given me for very a variety of different instances, not just fishing, but hunting and all this other stuff that I do not share. Right. And I ask if I can save this spot on my own ex so that I know about it, and then I will still let them know if I'm ever going to go Out there. to that spot. Yeah. But I will not share my spots with even, like, you two. No, Cliff, if another friend gave Cliff a spot for hunting, he will not give us that spot. No. And we're his friend. Now, if Cliff put in the work and found his own spot, and he's like, hey, I found the spot, I want to share it with you, he would. But even his other friends that we don't know that have given him spots, Cliff will not share them with us. My rule is if it's your property, then it's your spot too. Right. Yeah. So, like, hunting... Up at your ranch, Landon, all those spots I have shared with you. Mm-hmm. Now, how many ranches do I kind of have access to right now? A couple. Exactly. Right. And I've never once shared any of the other spots, even when you've been to that ranch of where to go. Right. I'll drop you off at the blind that the person said, go sit in, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so I, so there's this like mutual level of respect and, you know, some people are trying to get into fly fishing on their own. They don't have friends that they know that do it. So they're going to a site or a page and they're asking, where should I go fish? Or I'm going to be traveling to this area where I'm visiting Austin from DFW. Uh, I'm trying to fish for a couple of days. Where should I go? Right. And then they are met with a response. No, of, nobody else move here. No. <laughs> no. They are met with the response of, uh, you know, a very negative response that is pretty mean and puts people down, I would say. Yeah. Um, and so I think there is, a, I think we've already met on the person asking for the spot needs to come in with a little, a little bit of respect and needs to do some research on their own. For sure. Um, I also don't think you should be asking like the, the details of like what fly should I throw and what leader should like, that's just, you're getting too much. Like right. you're, where should I fish and what fly should I throw and what rock should I stand on? I see people asking those questions and that's a little bit too much. You can right. get that information or go to your fly shop and buy some flies. Like, Hey, I'm fishing in the Austin area. What fly should I throw? throw? I use the same flies on every river. If I'm targeting, if I'm that's, targeting bass. that's half the fun is trying to figure it out. Right, that's the thing. It's like, why like if I give you everything, then what? What's the purpose of going? Like, why are you even there if I can tell you how to catch the fish? And then right. Do you want me, do you go want me to catch this fish for you and fry it? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Do you want me yeah. to reel it in? And so, um, I think with all of this information being said so far, we are going to try to provide everyone kind of like a groundwork of here's how we can meet in the middle. And this is maybe a more appropriate way to handle things on both sides and maybe some guidelines for people um, and maybe some resources for people that don't fish that much. Like if you're listening to our podcast, and you don't really fish and maybe you've been guilty of asking someone and you've been put down by someone else. Maybe here's a way that you can find your own spot. And I know me and Zach are already planning one of our first YouTube videos I want to make is 
like how to find your own fishing spot. Mm-hmm. We actually like film us going online and trying to find a spot we've never been to before and then go f- check sure. that spot out yeah. because half the fun, like I 50, 50 shot. I find a place on Google. I go there. It's not worth ever going back, but it's fun to find that spot and check it out for sure. And that spot of the video I made that actually ended up drying up, um, oh, where all the yeah, dead yeah. carp and everything. Yeah. I went on Google. I found water. I looked on Google Maps. It's like a 20-minute hike in. I go check it out. Boom, there's carp there. Right. Eventually, the hole dried up and all the carp died, and it's yeah, a sad, sad story. Thing. There's a whole video on it. You guys can go check it out. Go check it out, honey. Um, but that was like my carp honey hole. I literally called it my carp honey hole. Right. I took Zach there once. Yep. Did uh, you ever go there when I was not there? No, because I always thought it was yours. Yeah. I mean, like, I probably would have texted you, but then you said it was dried up, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but we are going to make a video of, like, this is how you find your own spot. Right. Odds are, it's someone else's spot, too, but you don't know that. You put the time in yourself. You can go there, you know, and not feel guilty about right. it. But so you got to work for a little you bit. you got to work for a little bit, and that is part of the fun. Right. And it's fly fishing specifically, you have to enjoy the process. For sure. Like Cliff, like Cliff was saying, you, and that's half the fun, right? Like, to be honest, if you wanted it to be easy, you'd put worm on a hook and go sit on a pond. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, realistically, that's what you would do. And you have to enjoy the process. Like, fly fishing is hard. Right. You have to enjoy the process of getting better. You have to be okay with that your you're going rig to get is going to get knots in it. And you have to untie those knots and retie your leader and retie your flies. If you don't have the patience for that, then maybe this isn't the right activity to you. be in. Yeah. If you can't enjoy the process, the whole – if. You, that's why people tie flies because they enjoy the process of tying a fly, put it, tying it on their leader, and then going and catching a fish on it. It's part of the whole process. Well, something I've always heard uh, is that's why they call it fishing and not catching, and that's why they call it hunting, not killing. Right. Is because you're not guaranteed that success. Unless mm-hmm. you put the work in and everything aligns just right, there is a little bit of luck to it mm-hmm. that – if you're not enjoying the process of getting out there and doing it, then those off days are going to suck, yeah. and then it's not worth it to you. Well, right. and people fish the guad, like newbies when I go out and fish the guad. The guad is really hard. My first time, my first year fishing the guad, I went five times and didn't catch a trout. Oh, yeah. I was going to say for, for five trout. Five times. You can, you can learn five days of fishing. I did not catch a fish. Mm-hmm. I tried spots out, public access spots that were available for free, to, for me to find online, I went to those spots and I fished five full days without catching fish. And that's a fish. being a veteran. Like you had caught trout fisherman. in other places. Yes. Yeah. It's not that you went out onto the guad your first time. So you already knew how to. Some of the techniques. Yeah, the techniques, the stuff that you got to work through, the kinks in your system. Yeah. And yeah. now. To do it. So I if can you're starting out brand new. And now I fish enough. I understand the river. I know the spots that I like because I've put in. A hundred days on the guad, right. I can go out and catch a fish basically every time I go out, and then have those like really ex- have the opportunity to have those really exceptional days where I catch a lot of fish. But um, and so when I post a picture to Instagram because I caught a trout, I went to the guad, I caught a trout, I posted a picture. Uh, that you have to remember that when people do that, they were also not posting pictures four years ago because they weren't catching fish that long ago. Right. They were putting in the time, and they didn't have anything to show for it, so they didn't post it on Instagram. 
And there's a lot of these guys, that, a lot of people that have been fishing for 20, 30 years, they know their spots, what the fish like. They post a picture online because they're really happy of the fish that they caught. But you got to think that they have 30 years of experience fishing this river. And just because you just bought a fly rod is not going to bring you up to their level immediately nope. when you start. Not right? at all. Same thing with hunting. Yep. Everything we're talking about also applies to hunting. For sure. Yep. Um, and so with all of that being said that, we've, that we have said so far, what are some ways that we can help people find spots on their own so you don't have to go to a page and blow it up and get a super negative response from a bunch of people who are older? Yeah. Number one, first step, without a doubt, because you have to know your regulations and rules surrounding your sport in the outdoors, go to your Department of Wildlife's resource page. Right. So if I text it, it's TPWD. TPWD. Every single one of them is going to give you a list of public access. And Texas Parks and Wildlife breaks their list down by city or area. Uh You can go. A lot of states If you live in San Antonio, you can pick San Antonio and they will... they will provide a list not only of that, they fishing can... spots and stocking dates that they stock fish at specific places. And Santo even gives you like effective patterns, whether that's flies or bait or And this this is actually true for a, a number of states. I know mm-hmm. Georgia does the same thing. But something that Texas does that I don't see normally everywhere is Texas gives you a map. Mm-hmm. Especially oh, yeah, yeah. for hunting, they give you a map of public access hunting lands yeah start there yeah first and foremost the other thing you know i always i used to work in a fly shop manager fly shop people are always coming in and asking where should i go fishing and so in an effort to uh um be helpful to people that are learning but also not give my spots away or other people's spots away or the prime spots away that i think people should put some time in to earn state parks yep state parks are my freebie and I would encourage anyone else who has, like, secret honey holes, I guarantee you their honey hole is not a state park. But, but you can catch fish at a state but park. But you can go and catch fish at a state park. But it's going to be busy. There's going to be other people fishing. But state parks, in my mind, has always been a freebie. They are, you know, you know, yep. everyone in the state, everyone has access to a state park. You don't have There's to have a fishing license. There. Exactly. You don't have to have a fishing license. is your license. You right. don't have to have a fishing license. Yes, it's going to be busy. Yes, there's going to be other people fishing, but yes, you can also catch fish. And if you're looking to get experience, state parks are the way to go. Look and see if your state park has either a river or a pond or a lake or whatever, and go check it out. Yeah. The downside of state parks is you can't hunt state parks, so do not go blasting shotguns or whatever <laughs> that's in a strong yeah. state park. So state parks have always been my freebie. People message me and ask, I'm always like, if I'm wanting to help them out a little bit, state parks have always been my freebie. They always will. It's funded by people's fishing licenses. It's funded by the state. Um, I see that as um, it's already busy because people are already tubing and floating and doing other things. State parks have always been my freebie, and I don't feel any guilt about like, yeah. hey, go check out this state park. That being said, too, when you're, on, when you're in a state park, do a little hiking. You know, if you need a get in the water and wet weighed up, you know, half That's a mile. That's the other thing. If you're, like, put if, in the work to get to a different spot. If you're, I, I can guarantee you, and I'm not going to tell anybody where to go or what to do or 
where to stand. But if you're in a state park and you park in the parking lot and walk 10 feet to the river, I can guarantee you that that is not the spot that you want to be fishing. Mm-hmm. Right. You want to do a little, yeah, go to where the people aren't, but you can access it from the river. I mean, yep. like, thing is, though, if you have to tromp through the woods a little bit, I mean, make, learn, your, learn your state, learn your regulations, see where the map is, you know, but do a little hiking. Make it to a different spot. Yeah. You know? You're outside for a reason, so you might as well make the most of Just it. enjoy it. Yeah. Is you what know? we're saying is enjoy, enjoy it. being in the river. Embrace right. the suckiness of some aspects of it to meet your ultimate goal. Right. And then catching that fish will be so much more rewarding because you put some work into it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, and if that is, that's a great point because if you put in the work and you find your own honey hole, that's a great feeling. That carp spot that dried up, which I'm still sad about, I had probably Googled 10 other spots. And that's another resource is use online Google maps. Yeah. Yeah. Use Google Maps, use OnX, use Basecamp, use, right. uh, I forgot the other one. There's a numerous amounts of, of yeah. them out there. Drill into your area. You find water. See if there's an accessible point and go to that spot. You're yeah. going to have to walk. If you want to try try and find a true honey hole, you're going to have to walk. Yeah. And yeah. I've never I've never caught a bunch of fish within walking distance of the park. Mm-hmm. Within like will. a few feet of the parking lot. And it's the same way with hunting. Like even if you wanted to take the backcountry mentality of it, like the Westie style hunting, hunting from the road, you might get one every so often, but you listen to the people who are like consistently killing stuff in the backcountry, they're hawk- hiking miles and miles and miles into it mm-hmm. to find it. And it's the same way with even Texas public land. You're hiking to spots to set up a tree stand or you're hiking in two spots to kill some ducks or you're hiking in farther than just the parking lot in the dove fields. You're doing some work. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize that nothing is going to be just handed to you on a silver platter. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, and also, going on Google and Onyx and going on the Texas Parks and Wildlife sites, not everywhere you go is going to be a winner because that carp spot I found, I had been looking for my own carp spot in San Antonio. I probably went to 10 places before I found that spot. I put in days worth of work. And so you have to be okay with that. But when you find that spot and there's 30 carp in a small area, now I found my honey hole. Every time I went there, um, you know, every time I went there, I never saw anybody else fishing because it was off the grid, off the trail. I had to walk in a little bit. And then to be honest with you guys too, I would have to hike back on a popular hiking trail where there's a lot of traffic. And people, hey, you catch anything here? Nope. Didn't really see anything because I don't want that guy who's throwing corn for carp to be, you know, going there. It's like, oh, right. I just saw a creek here. I'm just checking it out, but I didn't really see any fish. Right. You don't want to, you know, freely give away that information to strangers. Right. And I learned that on a New Mexico trip where we walked into a wilderness area where Will and I slayed fish. We hiked into a canyon. We didn't see anyone else, and we, like, slayed fish all day, and we're, like, catching big trout for the area. Mm-hmm. And we were, like, pretty pumped up. We were with guides, um, and when we got back up, this guy drove by, how was the fishing? And uh, me and Will were like, bam, fishing, you know. But before we could say anything, the guides were like, oh, 
you know, it's kind of a waste of a day. We didn't really see anything. Um, yeah, and I don't have a problem with not sharing spots with someone you yeah. don't trust. Yeah. You Especially somebody build, you just run You got to build yeah. the trust. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, And you don't have to share your information. Um, but also, if you ask someone, they say, oh, there's no fish there, you don't have to believe them either. Right. So, yeah. and that, but also that's the, thing, that's the thing that I was getting at is that uh, you can lie. You got to build the trust in everything, but you don't have to be an a hole to that, someone online who's asking. Not even just people. That's where I was going to go. I say respect needs to be a two way street. Like in this day and age, like respect goes a long way. Yeah, yeah, because if you don't say anything, you know how much information they have. Zero. Right. But if you're right there yelling, why are you trying to spot burn this? Why are you trying right. to... Then that gives them a clue that this might be a spot worth checking out. Yeah. Or even if even if you don't, you know, even if you want something, like we were saying, just give them a resource. You know, like everyone has to start somewhere, you know. Tell them, hey, check T- TPWD. Yeah, that's or, a, that, and that's the whole point of this conversation we're talking about is like if you're the guy who has secret spots and you are exploding on other people because they're asking where they should fish... Instead of being like, why are you spot burning? No one wants to give their information, being super disrespectful. Here is what I would recommend. Right. And say, hey, a lot of people in this group or on this page have spent a lot of time finding their spots. And they're not just going to freely post them to a page, not only where you're giving your information to the person that's asking, but you are potentially giving your information to 10,000 other people that are on that page. Say, hey. A lot of people on this page have put in a lot of work. Um, I appreciate that you're getting in the sport and you're trying to learn. You just bought a fly shop, fly rod. I think that's great. I just bought a fly shop. I just bought a fly shop. <laughs> that's, a I just, that's a different scenario. I just point. bought a fly rod. I think it's great that you're getting into fly fishing. I, I hope you respect the resource. Here are some resources that I would start off with and just try to learn. Right. Why don't you go to Texas Parks and Wildlife uh, text Parks and Wildlife page. Link the page in the post so all they have to do is click on it. Right. Why don't you check out your local state parks? Right. Treat people with the same respect you yeah. would in person because you know for yeah. a fact if somebody asked you in person they have any spots you wouldn't flip out on them. You know. Correct. But, but we use the like, keyboard warrior as a way of you know going and putting everybody down when that's not what we should be doing. It's that yeah. mentality of they will never find me so I can be who yep. I truly am. And don't just private message someone either because they're not necessarily going – it's the same thing. Even just because it's on public or private, don't be the guy that's, like, private messaging everybody and saying, where should I go fishing? Um, unless you are friends with them, but I've gotten messages before personally of, like, hey, where'd you go to catch that fish? It's not someone I really know um, or trust or, like, have a good relationship with. I'm not going to give that information up, but I'm just going to be like, hey, you know, a respectful answer – you know, goes a long way. You keep your respect with that person. Um, or if it's someone that you know and it's like, hey, why don't we go fishing together? Or, you know, or, or that's not even someone you know, but if it's someone that seems like they're pretty cool on their Facebook page or their Instagram or whatever, ask them to go fishing. Show, yeah. them, show them the spot or a spot that you would normally go to. They might become a lifelong buddy. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not that hard. I've met a ton of people who I'm friends with now through hiking in on public land pieces or 
talking to about public land pieces or fishing a public land river or anything like that. And there's also like local clubs for everything that you could join. We're actually meeting people face to face and people are willing to like, you know, I know in our local club here, there's a lot of older guys that can't fish as much. They're just really wanting to like, they have a ton of knowledge, but maybe they can't get out as much and they're willing to take someone under their wing and like help them out. And that's another thing is that there's a long way in going and being a mentor to someone. Mm-hmm. Like I have my own mentors, but there's also people who I mentor mm-hmm. in doing this. And I'm, I'm not some great hunter. I'm not some great fisherman. I am. Don't got to tell us that. <laughs> that, was, that was dirty. That was dirty. That is Man. the example of the comment that you should not leave. <laughs> Dude, no, but like, I do all right. I, I'm satisfied in where I'm at in my right. career for the amount of time that I've put in and stuff like that. You have more knowledge than, than some, you know. Exactly, so you take and you'll walk miles around us hunting. Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, of course I will." <laughs> and <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, like, take people underneath your wing and trying to show them because all that's going to do is boost the industries and boost conservation dollars in it. And at the end of the day, that's what you want because if there's no fish to fish for, if there's no deer to shoot, if there's no ducks to hunt, there's no pigs to go after then why are we doing it? Right. We are all, although we're killing animals, it is all for conservation. And there is reasons why we do what we do. It's not just for the blood. It's not just to be away from our families. There are reasons that we do what we do. And to take someone underneath your wing and show them the ropes is only going to boost everything about Plus, you can also teach them, you take them to a spot and you say, no one fishes here. There's no trash here. You know, I mean, you can also teach them the importance of like respecting the spot, right. not giving it away, and say, you know, do you want a million people when we come here? But that's a much better response to like take someone under your wing and teach them why these things are important than being a keyboard warrior. Right. And uh, I would even say for someone who's getting into it, the spot you need to take to them is the trashiest spot. And then what you do is you clean up and show them that that is how you be Mm -hmm. a good steward of our resources. Yeah. Because then that's what's going to translate is that they now respect you and they're going to start cleaning up. Yeah. I will always pick up shells. They're not my shells when I'm in a dove field. I will see them littered around. I will pick them up and... I don't announce it to anyone, but I'm sure y'all have seen me doing it, and y'all do it too. I don't have yep. to worry about y'all, but other people even. Yep. Right. I've also like taken trash bags before yeah. in my pack, and then I'll fish down a river, and I'm like, make note of all the places. I don't pick them up on my way down, but then when I'm like hiking back, I make note of all the places that there were trash, and I'll like fill up a trash bag on my way back. Yeah. And yeah, uh, TPWD was giving away those little yellow mesh bags that were pretty nice. Yeah. You just attach them to your bag all day and they float in the river. Yeah. And another thing is, um, and you can always ask, build a relationship with landowners or property owners mm-hmm. and get permission to fish. That's another way to find spots. My spot in town that I do my private casting lessons at, I have because of I got permission. To do casting lessons there. 
another good resource is although people don't like necessarily like it when they run up on them is befriend your local game warden. They're not there to be the they're there to be the law, but they're not there to be mean and belligerent and trying to get you in trouble. If you befriend game wardens, they have spots too, and they will share them. Yeah. I mean, when I was in New Mexico with, with Kendall, you know, we were struggling uh, fishing. We weren't doing the right things, and the game warden came up and stopped us. And, you know, we were doing everything legally, so that's key number one, you know, make sure you always follow the rules. But he helped us out, you know. Like, we were in the right spot, but we weren't using the right stuff. And, right. Um, and and they'll tell you. Yeah. They, they know because they see it every single day. Yeah, exactly. So. And another thing is, and this there, this is two-pronged, you can always hire a guide to go fishing. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, and guides will always share information. And a lot of it is like what flies you to, how to cast. They will help you, teach you. But nothing is going to make a guide more angry than if you book a trip and the next day you're fishing in the spot that they like to take their clients. Yeah, so. because that's just kind of... That's shady. However, that's doing. I do whenever it's like if we go on a trip somewhere, we will book a trip day one usually. And then I will ask them like, hey, like we're here for a few more days. Obviously, we're not guiding with you. Where should we fish the rest of the week? And they but will. That's different. That's exactly. being upfront that's, with, the, with what your intentions are. And that's are. what we always do. And, it, it, like, they, and they will always share. They all. And there's like, because like obviously like we're using their service there. But I'm also not saying like, hey, like I'm going to come to every place you go. It's saying like, hey. We need some place to fish the next couple of days. You know we're going to be fishing those spots. Where should we go? Maybe places you don't take clients because it's a little too hard. We don't mind hiking or whatever. And I've like every guide I've ever had has been more than willing to share yeah. in that instance. Yeah. And it's a great way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like if you're traveling somewhere, all of these same resources we're talking about are in every other state. And I always like to hire guides when I go to other states for the first day and do the same thing that Zach was talking about. But I think um, the moral, the takeaway of this is don't, you know, there is a happy middle ground. Um, Don't go on a public page and ask where should I go fishing where a response is going to get seen by 7,000 people. Um, we have given you the resources where you can go find your first spots on your own. And we are planning on making a video of teaching you how to go find your own spots in like Google or on X or anything like that. Um, but don't also belittle someone because they asked and they're new and they don't know they don't what's know the going rules. on. And they like, don't know the rules and they don't know the culture and they don't know that they're going to be chewed out publicly right. because they asked. I think and there is a respectful right. way and to was, do it. A lot of people and what, get into fly fishing like this is the first time they've ever done anything outdoors. Like, uh, you don't have to be a conventional fisherman to mm-hmm. enjoy fly fishing. Like, I really didn't conventional. I went kind of straight into fly fishing, you know? I mean, I, I did a little bit when I was a kid, but not, like, actively bass fishing every mm-hmm. weekend on bass boats and stuff, you know? Like, that wasn't part of my life until I started fly fishing. Hey, Ian, I have an idea for an article for you. Can you hear us? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh-huh. Would you put something together along the lines of what we've talked about of, like, along the lines of where you should start or how you should find spots if you're a beginner in fly fishing. And then in the article, we can link Texas Absolutely. Parks and Wildlife website. We can link all all of, you know, all the things that we talked about. And maybe it's a little bit longer than your normal article, so it's going to take a while to get out. Um, but then that is a resource that we could share with people that are asking or share two pages where someone may be belittled, but we can maybe take more of a nicer 
response to that. I think that'd be really great if you I could would, pull something together. I would stay away from paid subscriptions like OnX on it, but uh, you could definitely, Google. yeah, you could definitely do Google Earth yeah. or Google Maps, and we could do. Yeah, we'll keep stay. it. We'll keep. We'll keep a high level. Yeah. So, all right, Ian, you're closing words of wisdom for your last oh, regular podcast episode. Um, you got to go out with a bang, buddy. My closing words of wisdom is. If you want to start something, just do it because we had no idea we would get this far. <laughs> That's true. Uh, that is true. That is a very and good point. I yeah. think that is very relatable to the conversation. Wish, I wish, Go ahead, Ian. I'll let I you wish finish. we could say it was careful. I think John Garrick one time. No, it wasn't John Garrick. There was some, There was a, someone in the fly fishing community said, I wish I could have said it was careful planning. But um, somebody had said that. I don't know. I don't know exactly who quoted that. But um, yeah, no, I'll miss you guys being on the podcast every week. I'll probably come back on infrequently, but please look out for the article. Um, and yeah, in the closing words, it's just going to be if you want to go try something, just start doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You and know, if you want to follow, if you want to fly fish, yeah. If you want to follow Ian on Instagram, give your handle. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I don't even. Um, if you want to follow Ian Scott on Instagram, it is Ian underscore Scott six five. Uh, I have a private account, but I pretty much accept most people who want to follow me. Um, yeah, but cool. you can follow what he's and and to reiterate what Ian's Ian said about the the podcast. Like when we started this thing, we had no idea what we were doing, and we've been getting help along the way, and it's slowly been getting better. I wouldn't say that we're professionals by any means but there is a big difference between the podcast that we release now versus if you go back and listen to podcast episode one um i think we're getting better i think we're getting better and how long how many episodes are we on now almost 50 over 50 i don't think we're, we're over at, 50 i think we're, we're at 40 there. something yeah because think about it there's only 52 weeks in a year and we're just shy of a year our anniversary zach's looking I who am. knew it would get this far um no, if you want to try hunting, if if you want to try fishing, if you want to try something, just go give it a shot. Do it. Just make sure it's legal. Approach the sport with respect and the people that are in the sport with respect. And then we would also hope that the people who have been in the sport for 20 years will treat you with respect as well. This is episode 46. Yes. 46. Hey. And we've gotten like a little bit better in 46 episodes. I think so. Yeah. It's incremental. I still it's incremental. the first one. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. All right, guys. I remember right. talking about the Flat Earth Conference like it was yesterday. <laughs> uh, okay. All, All right, right, guys. Uh, we hope you guys are having a good summer. We hope you guys get out and get out to hunt and fish. And we are excited for the things coming soon. And Ian, we appreciate your contributions to the podcast so far, and we're very excited to see the great articles that you're going to write for our website. For sure, dude. Thanks, fellas. All right. On that note, see you soon. So, Cliff, will you share your hunt spots with me? Uh, <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I didn't know where that was going. I'll share the ones from your spot.